there were talks about it for a couple of months, and we never really believed it because Hanuman was the kind of place that had 10 lives and has been through bankruptcies. And our elders kept telling us when we were panicking, it's never going to happen. I was on a family trip in London, and Sally called me, and she's like, it's happening. We thought there would be some sort of a bailout. There has to be some sort of a bailout. But there wasn't. We begin season two of the Health Nexus podcast like we started season one, with the closure of Hahnemann University Hospital. It's been months since the Academic Medical Center in the heart of Philadelphia shuttered its doors this summer to its staff and some of the most underserved patient populations in the city. And there are still lingering effects. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Today, you'll hear from two cardiology physicians who settled into Jefferson from the Division of Cardiology at Drexel University College of Medicine, the academic affiliate of Hahnemann. They recount the profound distress the closure had on the lives of their patients, as well as their own, and what life looks like now. But before we get started, a quick note about our upcoming season. We'll have in-depth feature episodes covering varying aspects of medicine, similar to the episodes in season one. And a new format we'll be adding, interview episodes like we'll do today. All of which proudly recorded and produced in our brand new podcast studio in Jefferson Center. So subscribe on the podcast player of your choice to keep up with the health nexus over the next few months. Let's kick off season two. Doctors Sally Cho and Paulina garodin Kilidar joined Jefferson as attending physicians in the Department of Cardiology. Previously, they were with Drexel Medicine Cardiology, a practice on North Broad Street in Philadelphia that closed when Hahnemann closed. They each had a long history with the organizations, stemming back to their time in medical school and intern year. For Dr. Garodin, she spent almost 20 years with Drexel. They recently wrote an article for the Health Nexus about what this transition has been like. But here's more on their story. Having been at Hahnemann myself, I know it's a much smaller institution within the city compared to some of the other city hospitals here in Philadelphia. I know it can be pretty tight-knit. It was just a, a much smaller community. Talk to me about the connection that you felt to that institution. You know, it was like home to us. I think we've been there for so many years. We knew everyone. It's small enough that you get to know everyone. Everyone in not just your department, but in you know other departments. It was very. It was a family style place. I mean, you, everyone felt it from the residents walking in the door, the fellows. Like it was just a very relaxed, sort of informal relationship that you developed with the people that you crossed paths with every day. In the commentary that you both co-wrote for the Health Nexus, you spoke about it was like losing a home when you lost the practice at Hahnemann and Drexel. What were some of the things you were feeling around that? I think everyone was in shock when when they announced it. And then there was this sort of panic at the beginning. You know, it was like going through the the stages of... Um, loss. Loss. We lost our friends. Or we lost I our know. family. And um, going through, um, you know, like the denial, the... Um, the bargaining, and then finally the acceptance. And so that happened really quickly. The second arm of, of the whole acceptance was that we understood the hospital was closing, but we didn't really understand yet how that would impact our presence 
and employment and we, and at Drexel. Yeah, and we didn't know it for... For a while. Yeah, for a while. Let's talk about yourselves and your colleagues. What were the priorities in your mind? What were some of the first steps? And you talked about, Dr. Grodin, about it being important for you and Dr. Cho to stay together. What was your thought process on that? You felt like you were just kind of floating. You didn't really understand. You couldn't even prepare your next steps because you didn't really know what the reality would be. And you were hoping that something would be created in Center City where our lives would be exactly as they had been. You know, we weren't sure what's going to happen with the practice, but like everyone had to start looking for a job. You you felt displaced. You felt, you know, I felt fear of the unknown and, you know, anticipating big change, not knowing where, what opportunities would present themselves, not knowing if I'd have to, you know, I, I have been lucky to live in the city and work in the city. So my life is very linked to that. So what am I going to have to do? Am I going to have to now get in a car and drive for an hour and sit in traffic? Am I going to be able to work with, you know, some of my close friends like like Sally here, which we feel very fortunate to have ended up together despite all the turmoil? I think both of us, when we interviewed here, we just kind of, it felt right. It also felt right to sort of stay together as well. Um, and we were just flabbergasted when we found out that they were going to offer both of us a job because (laughs) because it's you know it was it was a crazy time when lots of people are going to be out of jobs and so to be able to everyone's going elsewhere everyone's you know sort of going to different institutions and to be able to go together is really it's really special it's really special yeah there were a lot of different ways that the pieces could have fell into that puzzle and for your two pieces to be able to stay together and fall in the city of philadelphia i mean yeah and to be able to navigate a new place together is is going to be really great uh, but but it was hard it was hard for people yeah and I, i think we mentioned in the article that there was this sort of collective grief it's been hard yeah, it's been surreal. You know, on my, my last day of seeing patients, which was December 13th, you know, the office staff was like, was packing up the office as I'm seeing patients. And that was really surreal. So what role did you guys play in facilitating them, uh, you know, collecting their medical records, scheduling with new physicians, understanding and navigating the health system from there? A large proportion of the patients we see have very, you know, poor health literacy. And so it was you know, just very hard for them to be able to navigate their care from here and understand how, you know, they may have to change their insurance carrier just to be able to come and see us. And so it was, I think, very traumatic for them to understand and to get their medications renewed that we were not, you know, that the cardiologists were not responsible for, but their doctor may have been gone for, you know, a week now suddenly and they don't. So it was in that way very traumatic for them. And and in whatever capacity, you know, we could control in facilitating their records, we, we did. But again, if there was something in the hospital that we could have no access to, then unfortunately that seems like it's lost forever. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that kind of got lost in this story yeah. of what type of toll it took on the patients of not just, okay, we no longer have that physical building where people can go to and get care, but the, the decades of care that had been provided and what that meant in terms of history and relationship building among physicians and, and the records, as you say. So, I mean, we tried our best. The patients, um, you know, they became sort of lost. Um, they had, you know, they had doctors maybe for decades. Um, they had a relationship with them for decades, and now they lost their doctors. They don't know where to go. Um, a lot of our patients are are from underserved areas where 
they're older and you know it's hard to be able to coordinate their care and um you know, I think there was a sense of being lost um for the patients because a lot of them lost not just their primary care doctors but they lost their you know specialty doctors i mean it's yeah. a it's a big deal what's really important about being able to stay in Jefferson is it's close proximity to our, our old practice. And so I think that our patients are going to have a higher probability and chance of finding their way back to us. You know, I've taken care of these patients for so many years, and I think that is also a really important piece to this, to be able to capture those patients and help in coordinating their care in this new home. Well, we're so happy to have you here at Jefferson. You're going to be starting with the Jefferson Heart Institute, building your new home that hopefully you'll be with for many years, just as you had been before. What's next for you? What's in the plans? We'd like to develop the clinical practice at Jefferson, especially women's heart health. Um, I think it's a, a field that um, is often ne- neglected. The, the physicians that are currently running and part of the, the primary care women's health practice, they are all from, from Drexel as well. You know, I, Dr. Sharif was my was my attending when I was an intern. So we go way back and we have a great working relationship. And to be able to establish this footprint in Center City of, for women's health, I think is really important. I think there's this there's this misconception that that women women just have lower incidence of heart disease, but that just isn't so. They present very differently, very atypically, and because of that, they get mistriaged, and their care gets delayed. And, and they have higher morbidity and mortality when they present to the hospital with with um, with a, with an MI uh, myocardial infarction, and um, I think it's really important to raise awareness um, about uh, the importance of cardiovascular health in women, um, and that's our plan to do that at Jefferson. Yeah, definitely, we would love to bring that awareness. That kind of wraps everything up. Is there anything that I didn't touch on that you feel is important to add? Now we are both excited to start here. Yep, very happy to have this opportunity and excited to make an impact here at Jefferson. February is Heart Month and a perfect time to learn more about what you can do to help your heart. Doctors Cho and Garodin offered symptoms to look out for and ways to reduce your risk of heart disease. Don't neglect your symptoms. Sometimes people kind of say, oh, you know, that was some vague symptoms that I, I think it's fine. I'll just like, I'll just ignore it and maybe it'll go away. Like if you have any kind of chest tightness, if you have shortness of breath, um, that's new. Um, you know, like you're able to walk up, you were previously able to walk up these steps and now you're not able to and you get out of breath. You know, that could be an, a sign of heart disease. I also think that um, you know, primary prevention and lifestyle modification plays a big part in reducing the risk of heart disease. And so I think it's important. I always want to think of it as you know, people should know their numbers. And by what I mean by numbers is people should know what their blood pressure is. They should know what their BMI is, which is related to their you know, weight and what's a healthy weight for this particular person. Know what their um, hemoglobin A1C is, which reflects... Uh, their, if they have diabetes, what is their, what is the control been over the last couple of months, and you know what their cholesterol is, because and just know their family history, know what their risk factors are, and being able to try to modify them, with I think lifestyle is is very impactful. Be sure to subscribe to the Health Nexus podcast on the player of your choice to be alerted to our upcoming episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We'll have more helpful and helpful information from clinicians at Jefferson Health. 
and entertaining takes on the world of medicine. Visit thehealthnexus.org to read more from Jefferson Health, including the commentary co-written by Drs. Cho and Garodin. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for listening.